Hello and welcome to another episode of Square Talk. Today we turn our attention to the Royal Arch and the continuation of the story told in Craft Freemasonry. To help us understand more about this wonderful part of Freemasonry, we have with us today the most excellent Grand Superintendent in and over the province of Leicestershire and Rutland, Noel Manby, and also the second Provincial Grand Principal and Communications Officer for the Royal Arch, John Pebbody. Welcome and good morning to you both. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Richard. Morning. Now then, I've got um, a stack of questions which I've managed to come up with to challenge you here. But first of all, I want to turn to you, Noel. You've been in charge of the province since, I think I'm right in saying, 2018. What were your expectations prior to taking charge? My expectations were that I was going to inherit a very strong province from my predecessor, excellent companion Peter Kinder, and indeed that was the fact. I had been um, Deputy Grand Superintendent for approximately five years before I was installed as Grand Superintendent, so I had a quite a, a good idea of the workings of the province and how we were set in terms of membership, how the chapters were doing. Um, one of the main things I wanted to do from the outset was try to improve the conversion rate from the craft order into the Royal Arch and um, that is an ongoing process and we have put a number of initiatives in place which I hope are going to see that percentage of uh, craft masons into the Royal Arch improve over the coming years. And did all those expectations play out as you expected them to be or did you did you see any surprises that you were not really prepared for? I think in general most of my expectations were met. I've been blessed with a very strong team in my deputy second and third provincial grand principals and the executive officers and they have been very enthusiastic in the initiatives we've brought forward and rolling those out through the province. Um, my expectations are that we will continue to improve the conversion rate and with the advent of the pathway initiative getting people into the Freemasonry in general and the acknowledgement now that um, the Royal Arch is the completion of the third degree in uh, pure ancient masonry and that candidates will know from the outset that there is the Royal Arch to come after your third degree ceremony I'm convinced that we will progress and that we will improve our conversion rate. So you've taken some of the good groundwork which had been going on before you took charge and you've made some changes. And, and to be honest, it does seem like it's been longer than, uh, than since 2018 because I know you and the team have been working very hard. What changes have you made since you took over that you're particularly proud of? Well, I think the restyling of the installation ceremony for the principals, we were very conscious at the outset that the Royal Arch ceremony, the rituals, to many people seems impenetrable. And one of the things that I wanted to achieve was to make it more accessible and inclusive for the less experienced companions and overall more understandable for them. And I think the way we have approached the installation ritual which uh, the uh, provincial grand director of ceremonies excellent companion uh, Jonathan Varley has been deeply involved with I think it gives us an opportunity to show the less experienced companions more of, of the beauty and importance of the exalt of the uh, royal arch uh, ritual and hopefully makes the whole ceremony more understandable to them 
Have you had any feedback on that? Do we, do, do we think it's working? Are people uh, enjoying it more with this new reworked installation? From the reaction I've had when I've been at installation ceremonies as the official visitor, it does seem to be accepted and people are enjoying it more because they are more involved. They spend less time out of the uh, chapter room than they otherwise would. And uh, they see the principals not only give their obligations, but they, they hear the wonderful readings that take part in that ceremony, which gives far more meaning to the overall ceremony and Royal Arch degree overall. Yeah, I have to say that that is my experience as well. I'm in several Royal Arts chapters and I do like to get around and visit as well. And they do seem to be excellent ceremonies that we have at the installations now. And I think everybody is, is really involved and enjoying those. Can I turn to you now, John? So, John, you've been in the role of second grand principal for a while. And, and what's this new role that you're taking on in the Royal Arch? Sounds familiar to me. What is it? Well, uh, yes, well, I've been very fortunate, as you did say, actually, I've had two years as third principal under the previous grand superintendent and Noel kindly promoted me to second grand principal and I had two years there but he has decided, he being Noel, that um, as communication is a big plank of Noel's future for the Royal Arch that he wanted to appoint, um, without it being a collared position, a provincial communications officer. So once I we get started again and I am relieved of my job as second principal, I've got to apply my time, as I'm trying to do now, into the communications role. And uh, perhaps I've got a bit to learn from you, Richard, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with that. Now, I've obviously got a bit of experience myself in provincial communications. And let's be fair, John, you and I work very closely anyway. But what, what differences do you see? between the communications role in the Royal Arch as opposed to, I guess, the one I'm doing in the craft? Yeah, actually, I think there's, there is quite a big difference, obviously, Richard, because like, like the whole of Freemasonry, everything starts with the craft. So a lot of the communications that are coming out, you're going to cover in that way. But I see that this role is to make sure that we are communicating more directly with members of the Royal Arch about things that go on in the Royal Arch to create more interest in the Royal Arch, which hopefully, if that comes up by the website, might persuade more of our Master Masons to join the Royal Arch. I can see that I've got a fairly big role in getting that communication and getting chapters to give us something to communicate. I have an idea that I would like to try and see if we could find something like a mini communications officer in each chapter who will feed back something. And I feel I'm gonna have a role in communication with the Royal Arch representatives to try and get them to do their job for the Royal Arch and make sure that they are trying to swell our numbers and as Noel said uh, at the start of this podcast to increase the conversion rate. Is this a role which is just Leicestershire and Rutland or do other Royal Arch provinces have this role as well? I'm led to understand that Warwickshire have. I'm not fully certain about how far it goes countrywide and, uh, and I've got to admit, Richard, it's, it's going to be a learning curve in some directions. And uh, probably I've got a good uh, mentor in yourself, the way you go about it. But it is, I think we have got such good tools. And if anything has, during this lockdown, has proved itself, things like Zoom, things like even this podcast, and the various things that we can do to interest and instill in Masons that the Royal Arch is a wonderful place for them to continue their Freemasonry. I see that as a fairly big part of this role. 
anything I can do to help, uh, you know where I am and I'm very keen to help the Royal Arch um, as, as well as all parts of Freemason. I'm sure we'll be working very closely together as we have been doing anyway. Now I've got a question to both of you and it's, um, I won't apologize for the question, but it's a heck of a big question. What are the main challenges that you see facing Royal Arch Masonry today? If I may start on that, Richard, I mean, from, from my point of view, the improving attendance at Royal Arch meetings is a main stay of what I want to try and achieve, and also reducing the number of avoidable losses. And I suppose that's all framed around trying to make the ceremonies that we perform um, more inclusive, inclusive and accessible. And again, I go back to the uh, initial comment understandable for the companions and that if we can achieve that I'm sure a lot of the other things that we are trying to do in the Royal Arch will flow from that. Yeah I think I think from my point of view Richard there are so many uh, demands around Freemasonry today and as we all know it has always been said and by the powers that be as well that that Royal Arch is the fourth regular step in Freemasonry and we therefore have to make sure that we are an inviting order and that the brethren wish to come and be Royal Archmasons. And that is the only way we are going to, or one of the only ways, we're going to increase the conversion rate that Noel is so keen upon. And in, in times like now, in the lockdown times where we're not allowed to meet, but I think we've probably been seeing and talking to each other more than we have ever done before. Noel, I guess that your plans have taken a bit of a knock at the moment with everybody being in lockdown. How are you and the team planning to ensure that Royal Arch Masonry gets off on the right foot and ensures that all companions return to their chapters when we're permitted? Well, I think, I think you're quite correct, Richard, in that we have taken a knock here. Um, unfortunately, the number of initiatives that we have been uh, promoting over recent years are only just about becoming established. And I think that we are going to have to have another programme when we restart to try and uh, cement these changes into the rituals that the chapters do. I think we, we are going to suffer the same as the craft. It's maintaining people's interest during this period of, of suspension, not overloading them with uh, information uh, but keeping their interest and keeping the connection between the members of the chapters the companions so that um, when we are able to start when the necessary uh, guidelines have been issued from united grand lodge and supreme grand chapter we are in a position to start up again each chapter will have their own issues to deal with but we will make it clear that we are there as the provincial executive to help them overcome those difficulties and be very encouraging in the way we restart. And one of the major things I want the chapters to do through this period of suspension is make sure that those younger companions or newer companions who have joined the chapter recently continue to be involved and especially those new exaltees who are, who are now waiting to be exalted into the chapters are communicated with and are kept advised of the current situation and, and, and when they are likely to be exalted into this wonderful order of ours. Yeah, a nice fluid situation at the moment, isn't it? And, you know, I always think with, you know, through adversity 
comes opportunity. And I think there's an awful lot of Royal Arch companions out there which are really chomping at the bit, waiting to get back to their to their chapters. I've got a question about charity. And I know certainly, John, for your background, you've had an awful lot to do with, with charity. And it's something that as Freemasons, we is very dear to our heart. But how does the Royal Arch play its part in this? Well, I think we've we played a we played a substantial role in charity over the years since it was introduced. We, on average, give between eight and ten thousand pounds per year direct from the chapters to local non-Masonic charities. And in addition to that, the uh, companions have embraced both mine and my predecessor's support for the Craft 2022 Festival. And we have been able to give to that festival annually £5,000 as a contribution from the Royal Arch Province of Leicestershire and Rutland. So I'm absolutely delighted with the way that the companions have embraced charitable giving within the Royal Arch. I think also, Richard, that it is essential that we play that part. I know that we make our donations to the craft always, but we have still demands coming directly via companions for us to support local charities. And therefore, uh, the Grand Superintendent and Peter Williamson as a provincial grand charity officer make sure that we look at those and at the executive meetings, they are discussed. And where possible, whilst we haven't got the same resources as the craft in many instances to support them, we do do our bit in supporting those and have helped assist our chapters. If they have had a particular charity uh, that they want to donate to, if they put a case forward and have raised funds themselves, we will try and match it in some cases or uh, top it up in others. And then the question for, for both of you, I think, so my, my favourite piece of work in the Royal Arts chapter is the principal sojourners part. I love doing it, and I think it's a fantastic story. Cast your mind back for all of your years in the Royal Arts to both of you. So what's your favourite piece of work? Richard, I think I would have to agree with you. Of all the, of all the ritual within the Royal Arts ceremony, I think the principal sojourners part is, is the most beautiful. It, it's a wonderful story that he tells and uh, gives a wonderful uh, idea of what the Royal Arch is all about. Certainly uh, the lectures that are given at the installation meetings, or one lecture now as we hope it will be from now on, they are very interesting, but they do take a bit of fathoming out. I have to admit that uh, both the, the symbolical and historical lecture are quite hard work. And uh, as I say, I would agree with you that the principal sojourner's piece is probably my most favourite in the Royal Arch Ceremony. It's going to sound a bit old hat here because I agree with both of you. Um, I quite enjoyed the second principal sojourner's piece, but I, under the old rule, I couldn't carry on through the chair of my chapter until I'd been through the chair of my lodge, which no longer that rule doesn't exist. And I had two years at... Uh, principal sojourner and I absolutely loved it but since then I've gone on and tried to make a little bit of a party piece or my own party piece of the second part of the mystical lecture I've done that in regularly in gateway chapter and under as Noel said the new ways that we hope chapters are going to work where we're dividing down that mystical lecture so that more companions can take part junior companions can take part and others can probably assist by demonstrating the signs, um, I think it's going to be far more meaningful that part of the uh, ceremony 
will be more interesting to everybody. So yeah, I agree with you both about principles, so you know, but I did like this I do like the second part of the mystical. Two years as principal sojourner, eh? I think I did something similar myself. I've just I've just done one year in one uh, jam doing it again. Maybe I'll get it right this time. Now, a particular passion of mine is looking at the historical side of Freemasonry, the symbology, if you will. And in the craft, that's told in many different books and publications and also in lodges of research as well. Now, do you think there's a place for research study and tellings of these types of stories in the Royal Arch? I think there are, but as I say, I think uh, it, it's it's a very deep ceremony in any sense of the word. Um, I when I first joined the Royal Arch, I was told that Royal Arch Masonry was thinking man's masonry as opposed to the craft. Yes, it, it is it is very deep, but I'm hoping that some of the the uh, introduction of Solomon that there will be more information comes through from learned companions who have had the time to study the ritual and look at the symbolism of the ceremonies. And eventually there will be things published through Solomon, either directly or indirectly, which will enhance the ceremony as we see it and give a better explanation for the companions to improve their understanding of the ceremonies. Because I think if we can improve the understanding as well as the accessibility we will find that people will want to go to their chapter meetings and that's paramount if we are to uh, continue and improve uh, the conversion rate that we are currently experiencing. Richard, perhaps in a way, um, as I said earlier, the, the learning that we've all had from Zoom and, and things like this, perhaps in the future um, I could see that you've just given me a seed to think about in my new role whether it is worth producing a piece or taking a piece that somebody or a paper that somebody produces and actually physically putting it up either on the website or on uh, letting them deliver it by zoom meeting i mean for example andy green has come across uh, something on youtube about uh, uh, which is about the western walls and uh, we have invited uh, companions to partake in that so there is a desire for knowledge and learning because it was part of the second temple that was built um, as a part of our ceremony. And perhaps we can even tell some of these stories and learnings and papers or, or whatever we have you know, on podcasts like this. So something to think about for the future. Now, there are master masons within the province who have not taken a step into the Royal Arch. What would you like to say to them? From my own personal point of view, Richard, I think it's like, a, it's like a book that you read. Um, you've read the first three chapters. If you don't read the last chapter, you miss out on a great deal in terms of uh, your experience of that book. And to me, the Royal Arch is the final chapter of pure ancient masonry. And it would be a very sorry state of affairs if the culmination of Freemasonry in this country was seeing the death of Hiram Abiff, then all of a sudden that's the final. It's a journey through, as we all know, from birth through to death. And then the Royal Arch is a, is a further experience, a more spiritual experience that uh, you get. And I think so many craft masons do miss out on that. As I said initially, my aim as Grand Superintendent in and over Leicestershire and Rutland is try, to try and improve that conversion rate so more of our brethren experience the wonderful opportunities and experiences that the Royal Arch gives you. I think actually also, Richard, we have a role. We must make sure the Royal Arch representatives are 
playing in explaining it more fully as opposed to just standing up on their lodge meeting and saying i'm the, your royal arts representative you want to know anything about the royal arts speak later um, i have a desire that we perhaps actually get them all together and like we get other officers in the craft and royal arts together and give them a little bit of a g up perhaps i'm not going to hopefully get bombarded by now by royal arts representatives so we do our bit but there are probably some of those who could do with more tips as to how to encourage uh, master masons to take that final step and hopefully we can work upon that now, I'm afraid that we do have to leave it there because time is up. But thank you both very much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be with us on this podcast. And hopefully you will come back again once we start to meet again. So thanks to the both of you. Thank, thank you. you, Richard.